Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. That old quote about how those who cannot learn from history are condemned to repeat it? Yeah, we're there. Political Washington is gearing up for another big fight about the debt limit. I know, I'm sorry. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Barnes & Noble, maker of Nook Simple Touch with Glow Light, designed for reading with the lights on or off, available at Barnes & Noble stores or nook.com. And by the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. More information at macfound.org. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It's Wednesday, today, the 23rd of May. Good to have you with us. And a couple of things to point out about the looming debt limit fight in Washington. Number one, why, yes, it has been less than a year since we last dealt with this. Number two, congressional Republicans are once again insisting government spending be cut just as much as the debt ceiling is raised. And number three, boy, the markets hate this kind of stuff. Our Washington Bureau Chief John Dimsdale gets us going today. If you think you've heard this before, you have. Both plans call for tens of billions in cuts. How about pairing entitlements? The parties are still far apart. Instead, the GOP seems more interested in a less ambitious deal, one that would center on spending cuts. This is, as they say, the new normal. That was the way it sounded on Marketplace last summer, when political brinksmanship over the debt ceiling even caused one rating agency to downgrade U.S. debt. It doesn't sound like politicians have learned any lessons. Here's Speaker of the House John Boehner just last week. Uh, when the time comes, uh, I will again insist on my simple principle of cuts and reforms greater than the debt limit increase. Laying down the gauntlet on spending cuts or tax reforms isn't starting negotiations off on the right foot for Democrats, like House Budget Committee member Chris Van Hollen. We should be coming together to try and find a way out, not drawing lines in the sand. That's right, they're at it again. And this year's negotiations will also have to find a way out of 5 to $7 trillion worth of automatic spending cuts and tax increases if Congress does nothing by January 1st. Harvard economist Kenneth Rogoff knows markets and credit rating agencies will be watching even more closely this time. Just wishing the problem away, holding your breath until the budget gets balanced, doesn't seem like a way to do business. He says another fiscal showdown risks damaging the already fragile recovery. In Washington, I'm John Dimsdale for Marketplace. As long as we're on debt, let's stay there for a second. What do you say? You got your credit cards, you got your debit cards, and you've got your prepaid debit cards. Parents, for instance, can use them to give their kids plastic, but control their spending at the same time. Banks are getting in on the action as these things become more popular, but there are, of course, hidden fees. So today, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau stepped in. Marketplace's Stacey Vanek-Smith has that story. Prepaid debit cards have traditionally catered to lower-income consumers and people with bad credit. Everyone is eligible to sign up. You don't even need a bank account. Now prepaid cards are the fastest-growing method of payment in the U.S., especially for younger Americans. Ron Shevlin is a senior analyst with the ITA Group. Over the past couple of years, that market has drastically changed. Practically half of today's Gen Yers have a prepaid debit card. About 7 million of the cards are in circulation in the U.S. The market is about $57 billion and is expected to triple within two years. Big banks like Chase are also getting into the market. Greg McBride is a senior analyst with Bankrate.com. He says the cards are profitable. 
which is just another way for them to fill the revenue hole that's been created by recent regulations. Limits on the swipe fees banks can charge merchants for credit cards and debit cards don't apply to prepaid cards. And the fees they charge consumers aren't really regulated either, says McBride. Prepaid cards have traditionally been rife with fees. A survey from the Consumers Union found prepaid cards often charge hefty fees to customers for checking their balance or even activating the card. Michelle Jun is a senior attorney with the Consumers Union. The fee structures, uh, they can be changed at any time, and oftentimes consumers won't even know how much the card will cost them until it's too late. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau plans to look into fee disclosure as well as making sure...